Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0, the only podcast that focuses on mental health while mixing in movies, music, books, sports, and pop culture. Here are your hosts, Rebecca and Joe Lombardo. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to Voices for Change 2.0. Yeah, thanks for tuning in, you guys. Uh, We are so happy that you have decided to join us today, uh, halfway through July already. That's crazy. Yeah. And uh, nice to see summer finally showed up. um, In spades. In spades. I don't know about you guys, wherever you're at, but uh, it's just it's been brutal in uh, the Metro Detroit area the last couple of days, as far as heat is concerned. Um, and it's supposed to be brutal again today and it's supposed to be that way until tonight. And then it'll finally, it'll cool down, but it's still going to be very humid. So um, I plan on hiding out inside the house and not going anywhere. Um, that's my little bit of self care after working in the heat all day, uh, the last couple of days. So that's where my mindset is. So it's an exciting weekend because currently the San Diego Comic Con is going on in San Diego. uh, And I'm jealous because I am not there again. And, you know, one of these one of these years we're going to make it down and and check it out. And I can't wait because I really want to do that. Um, But there's been a lot of stuff uh, popping up. Um, that that's just been coming out, being released from from Comic Con, as as the days have gone on. Um, new trailer for Top Gun Maverick. Yeah, I dropped. I'm not interested in that at all. I don't, I guess I should watch the trailer before I make a a definite decision on it. But mm-hmm. Top Gun, the movie right now, I've tried to watch it in my you know, later years here, and it's just so bad. <laughs> it's just a terrible, terrible movie. I know. And, I know it is. Well, and, you know, 1986. Yeah. You know. I mean, it's so bad. And, you know, it, it's funny, when I worked at, at Blockbuster, people would come in. This is when, you know, like the the sound bars and the, the what's it called? Surround sound. Surround sound, yeah, and everything was just getting started. And they would come in and say, hey, you know, what's the best movie for me to test out my surround surround sound? sound, You know, and uh, that was the one that we were kind of, that was our standby, you know, do do Top Gun. I I would always say Star Wars, but um, everybody else always said Top Gun. And, and, you know, that's, that's one thing that was like 1993, so it wasn't didn't feel so cheesy, but now in, here in 2019, now, it's, it's it's a hard to watch. Yeah. So, so I just I don't have any interest in, in a sequel all these years later, but you know it might be good. Yeah, you never maybe, know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't and know. Uh, I guess they released. I haven't seen it, but they've released some more footage from the next Terminator movie, Terminator Dark Fate, which is exciting only because you know they finally got Linda Hamilton involved. They've got James Cameron involved, and it's supposed to ignore a lot of the other sequels and be kind of a direct sequel deal to Terminator 2, which is an absolutely excellent 
movie and in one of my top ten. And um, one of the things that came out yesterday that they mentioned at Comic-Con is that they're even bringing back Edward Furlong to play John Connor, hmm. which is, I find interesting and fascinating and so I'm, I'm i've got high hopes for the thing i i hope it does really well it looks pretty good and um scott has seen both trailers and says that they both look really cool so that's exciting for me being uh you know being in being a nerd <laughs> well, yes it's hard for me to connect with anything that tom cruise does i know except for that what was that last mission impossible movie that we watched um, Fallout or something like that. Yeah, I think it was something like Fallout. That or was actually really good, but I really watched that more for uh, Henry Cavill. Yeah. Than than Tom Cruise, and he was he was really good in it. I like. I, it took me a while to be sold on Henry Cavill for Superman, but and but I've seen him in that now and other things leading up to it. He was. He had a good role in the Tudors, mm-hmm. which I watched. Uh, you know, I binge watched that. Um, he was very good. Very good in that, and he was really good in this Mission Impossible movie. So yeah, and he's supposed to be in in this TV show, The The Witcher, I think is what it's called. Mm-hmm. So I haven't seen a trailer for that yet, but I'll I'll check that out and see if that's something worth investing time into. I'm sure, with him involved, I'm sure it will be. Yeah. So all right, so we got our pop culture bit out of the way. Yeah, we certainly did. Yay! <laughs> all right, so that means that we have to welcome our guest. Absolutely. Uh, oh, we don't have to. We don't have to do anything. We're grown ass adults and do whatever the hell we want. Oh my god. But, but lovely, we're lovely, dear. Lovely. But, but we're gonna because we love her. Yeah. Well, today we we're talking to uh, a really good friend of ours who has been on uh, one of our KTMH panels. Mm-hmm. It makes us sound like a, an affiliated like radio station or something, <laughs> but. Um, You're listening to KTMH Radio. Yeah, exactly. You're welcome for that. So, um, <coughs> and she is an author and uh, a mental health advocate in her own right. And um, we met, we also met on Twitter. I swear I've met so many people on Twitter. I'm really grateful for it. But she's a sweetheart and uh, working really hard to get her newest uh, book finished, I believe. And, um, so we're just excited to have her today, just one-on-one. So please welcome to the show, Kelly Aiello. Good morning, Kelly. Hello. Hi. Hi. How's it going, How guys? Going pretty good. How are you? Good, thanks. I was listening to your pop culture a bit, and I feel like I don't want to stop with that right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and Rebecca, yeah, I know. I... I'm 100% with you. Top Gun? No. Tom Cruise? No. And I worked at Blockbuster, too. Oh, hey. See, you guys have so much in common. <laughs> uh, wish we, I wish we could have gotten together. You're out in California, aren't you? Sorry? No, I'm actually in Toronto, Canada. Why Why did I think you were yeah. in California? Oh. I don't know. It's weird. All right. Well, no, ignore the yeah, we're kind of the same thing, I guess. Toronto, California, you know, just a few thousand miles different. Sure. Yeah, why not? Sure. You know, you know, <laughs> land, landlocked versus, you know, ocean, but whatever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, you know, we've been, been kind of taking it in with uh, the Comic-Con news the last couple of days, looking on Twitter and all that, you know, I'm, I really am eager to get out there one of these years um i just yeah. you know 
I was just so excited, um, not related to Comic-Con, but to see the, the trailer for next week's, um, this coming week's uh, Handmaid's Tale. That's going to be... That's going to be entitled, right. yeah. yeah. Sorry, do you watch the won't... show, Kelly? You know what? I'm one of those people that um, I subscribed to Crave and HBO for the last season of Game of Thrones, and then I came <laughs> right after Game of Thrones, which is so bad. But because I already have Netflix, and we've kind of committed to that. But um, I watched the first season and a half, so got about halfway through the second season. I binge watched it, and probably wasn't a good idea because I just did not feel okay after that. It's very intense, and the acting is amazing. It was like, I don't know if I could actually continue watching it, because I just found it to be uh, too much for me, I think, yeah. You know, it's funny, because for for a good year straight, Beck was trying to get me to watch this show, and I I fought her tooth and nail on it, because I'd watched the first couple of episodes, and just what she goes through is soul, so soul-sucking. You know, and yeah. I just, it would, it would leave me feeling dirty. And, yeah. you know, I, I pushed through those first couple of episodes and gave the thing a chance. And now I'm just, I'm sucked into the show with her and, you know, yeah. seeing where this all goes. So, yeah. Yeah. Ordinarily, I would probably yeah. find it a little bit more disturbing than I do. But after, after being an American Horror Story person and an Orange oh, New Black goodness. person, you know everything. <laughs> it doesn't you seem really right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 I I can't do AHS. I just it. Uh, to I'm I'm not a horror guy to begin with. So and she is. So for me oh. with the horror stuff, it's gotta be you know bite sized morsels. You know. Yeah, we haven't watched a good horror movie in years just because. He doesn't like them, and and that I, I come from, you know, I had a I have a best friend, she's in Chicago now, but we as kids growing up, that's what we did is we rented horror movies, you know, the the cheesier the better. We we watched like the Faces of Death and all those really really bad horror movies. And, oh yeah, uh, yeah. None of that. I can't see anything happen to an animal, but it doesn't bother me if people are getting killed. There's a lot of people like that, actually. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's that the animals are pretty helpless. I don't know. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of jerk people out there, so maybe we feel okay about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah. I, you know, for me with Hammy's Tale, it's <clears throat> because I'm, I'm, I'm kind of tuned into all the political garbage going on in this country. It mm-hmm. hits kind of, kind of mm-hmm. close to home. Yeah, with yep. some of the stuff they talk about, and it's scary yeah. watching what they do on the show, and then seeing, you know, some of that actually starting to happen here, you know, and yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, we 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 have actually talked about um, <laughs> coming to Canada. <laughs> You'd be and, more uh, than welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's 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 funny. Back for our third wedding anniversary. We actually drove to Toronto and went to the zoo and and all that. And it was a lovely experience. And at the time, you know, this is, you're talking 2004. um, I was like, you know, the the American dream is alive and well, and it's in Canada. You know? Yeah, Yeah, it's it's pretty good here. I mean, we have our problems, definitely. And we have definitely our surgence of, 
I guess you call it the alt-right, you know, even some of our politicians are support Donald Trump. Um, But overall, you know, we're pretty, we're pretty nice. (laughs) We're a nice bunch. Yeah. We have jobs and, you know, (laughs) it's, uh, yeah. (laughs) So I, I love it here. I mean, I've traveled to so many different countries and, Every time I come home, I'm just like, I love you. I love you so much. <laughs> yeah. That's that's uh, that's and that's a good feeling to have, you know. Honestly, it, yeah. it, it really is. You know, it's like I I love the United States. I just mm-hmm. worry about the direction it's currently going, and I I know that's a change. So yeah. that's that's yeah. my thing. Okay, and enough yeah. politics for yeah where <laughs> I I get slapped. So. Um, so before we get started, do you have any questions for us? Oh my goodness. Um, I feel like I know you two so well already, all your tweets and, you know, having chatted so much and I read, you know, Rebecca's blog and, um, so Mm -hmm. not right now, but I'm sure I will. Is that okay? okay? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, that said, we're going to jump into our tailor-made questions just for you. My goodness. Yeah. It's exciting. It is exciting. All right, so <laughs> we're going to start off with the question that we try to ask every one of our guests at the beginning of the show, and that's, uh, where does your mental health journey begin? Mm, you know what? I was actually thinking about that with my husband um, a little while ago. I think it kind of came into, there's two points that it started. Uh, the first time, I think, I think I was about 18 or 19 years old, and I think that there was, um, that's when my first symptoms started to occur. Um, and then by the time I was 20, I was hospitalized. So that's when my mental illness portion, I guess, started. Um, but I think my journey actually started when I first, I put the words out there on a blog. Um, I have bipolar disorder and I was, I'm sure you can relate, Rebecca. I hit the the publish uh, button and then I sat back and went, oh my God, what did I just do? (laughs) People are going to think I'm like uh, crazy and I hate that word. Um, But I was thinking people are going to think that and I'm going to lose my job and and the complete opposite happened. The amount of people who, you know, came up to me both at my work and my friends and strangers saying, wow, you know, thanks for putting that out there. Or I have it. Or, you know, a friend of mine, a loved one. Um, so it kind of invigorated me. Um, and that was about, oh, I don't know, 20, when was I diagnosed? 2013? The end of 2013. I was finally diagnosed. That's it was a lot of years that I went undiagnosed. Yeah, a long so way. It is a long way, and it's remarkable I'm still alive. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, we're happy yeah. that you are. We're happy Thank that you. you are. I am too. I am too. Yeah, it, it can be. If it can be, you know, scary for sure taking that first stop and, mm-hmm. and putting that out there, and you know, you worry about what people are yeah. going to think and all this stuff, you know. But yeah. you know, it's like we. Like I always say, you know, a, a journey of a thousand miles begins with the one stop, you know. Yeah. So, you know, or to, or to quote something a little more near and dear to me, you know, you, you're taking your first step into a larger world. 
Yeah, that's good. What, what's I like what's that with one. the face? I don't, I, I don't know what that means. I mean, I don't know where it's from. <laughs> it's Star Wars. Oh. How do you not know that's from Star Wars? I have no idea. Pop culture. I just don't. <laughs> yeah. God, it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. I don't remember it at all. Wow. Um, it's, you know how my memory is. It's, it's when Luke first It's okay. You feels... don't, don't explain it to me right now. Okay. <laughs> we can talk about it off the air, my love. You you knew what I was talking about, <laughs> didn't you, Kelly? Um, we'll go with sure, but I thought it was sure. <laughs> uh, I am wounded. I have a wounded man right now. Good it's Lord. okay. <laughs> so, when did you first realize you had a passion for writing? Uh, that's another interesting question, too, because um, uh, it didn't really come as a first realization. It was more like a realization that I'd always had a passion for writing. Um, I actually wrote fan fiction when I was a kid before I knew what fan fiction was. Um, hmm. I, yeah, I mean, I was one of those kids. Um, I used to write read the, yeah. <laughs> I used to read this series of fantasy novels called Dragonland. Um, oh, Dragonland! Oh my God, do you know about Dragonland? <laughs> I know about Dragonland. I read the first oh, book, uh, Dra- Dragons of Autumn Twilight. So yeah, I'm oh, I'm familiar. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't so bad. Good. No, it's okay. They're just they're so cheesy and so bad, and I love them so much. So yeah. Um, yeah. So I. I I just, I read them so much. I think from the age of like nine, 10 years old, I just absorbed pretty much the entire series. Um, and at about, you know, I think probably age 12, 13, um, I think I was probably experiencing depression. Um, I was, you know, bullied in school and all that kind of stuff. And so I would lock myself in my room. I would put my music on really loud and I would just write, fan fiction with all those characters but the only different is, difference is I would insert myself into all the stories because <laughs> I'm a total narcissist apparently but yeah I'd pages and pages and pages and then I'd rip them up into tiny little pieces and I would put them like in the sink and I would pour water all over them and let them go down the drain because I didn't any, want anyone to see them wow yeah, that's, that's, yeah. That kind of that's kind of heartbreaking. I, I would have been curious no. to see what your stories would have said. You know, it would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool though. You know, I mean, it's obviously you've had a, a creative yeah. mindset. You know, from from day one, and that's really cool. You know, it's it's um, when you can develop it and you know do something with it, even for your own amusement. You know, that's you know, it's almost, it's a form of self-care, you know, and, and you were practicing self-care at a, at a young age, you know, just doing that and, just, you know, only for yourself, but that's absolutely, that's great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I never had, that's, I love that you brought that up because I never really saw it before as self-care. It was, I know now to me, it was sort of, it was a, um, a survival tactic. It was my way of dissociation because, um, you know, my upbringing wasn't wonderful. Um, Mm -hmm. So there was, you know, I kind of just withdrew into myself and into my room and into these stories and hours and hours would go by and my mom would be like, have you eaten yet? (laughs) Are you going to come downstairs? No. (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think, um, I guess it's an unusual way, but it got me through. And it still does. But I do it in that's, a healthy way now. That's good. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's real good. Um, yeah, you know, I I would do, and I still kind of do it with the with the guitar playing. You know, I'll find yeah. a song that I, I want to learn just for my own benefit or, you know, like, for for those of you curious about learning guitar, there's an awesome video game called Rocksmith um, mm. that that will actually teach you how to play guitar. But uh, the oh. downloadable content, I mean, the songs you can learn, and it, and I've used it to learn particular songs for different things. And mm. you know, it's just that you get that own little special joy out of it, even if you never show it to anybody else or play it for anybody else, or you know, sometimes you have to do things just for you, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, it's not a selfish thing. It's, um, it's a self-love thing. <clears throat> mm-hmm. I guess that's yeah. the way I can put it. Yeah, so. I completely agree with you. And it's uh, the same thing with writing too. And, um, you know, I coach students and I teach students about, you know, creative writing and academic writing as well. But, with the creative writing aspect, it's, you know, if, as soon as you start writing for someone else, as soon as you start writing to publish, as soon as you start writing um, with the intention of showing anybody else, you lose your voice and you lose the purpose. Um, mm-hmm. You know, write it and then send it out. Well, edit and then send it out there because then it's the most authentic you. And you don't have to send it out there. You don't have to let anybody read it. Um, and that's the part, you know, the therapeutic part of writing, which, you know, I'm, guessing translates really well into music for you. Mm-hmm. It, it does. Yeah. You know, you, you write, you know, when it, when it comes to writing music, it's, it's, you get an idea in your head, you know, or you get mm-hmm. a lyric, you know, for me, sometimes it's a lyrical idea and you kind of go on a theme with it, you know, and, and you draw inspiration from different things. Maybe you read a book and, you're inspired to write something based on that, um, you know, or you're feeling particular emotions towards a situation or towards a person, and mm-hmm. you need to get that off your chest. And so you write it out. You know, you, you put your emotions into the, the notes you're choosing on the guitar or you're, you know, writing lyrics. I mean, I've, I've done that recently with a, a situation that we're dealing with, and um, I'm actually eager to show it to my bandmates now because I think mm-hmm. it could turn into a really cool tune. Um, it just it needs some polishing, and, and uh, you know. But it was when I was writing it, it was really cathartic, you know. And that's having that catharsis is important, especially when you're you're feeling very tempestuous. If that's mm-hmm. a word, you know. Yeah, that is a word. Okay, cool. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. Yeah. So is is all of your your current writing based on mental health? No, it's not actually. I have quite a bit that um, there are mental health themes to it. I write, I mean, I write articles, but um, the bulk of my writing is actually fiction. Um, I have Hmm. a couple of novels written now, uh, one of them I'm shopping around hoping to get an agent. Um, but I have a trilogy. It's a fantasy trilogy. And it's while there's, there's almost nothing 
in it that is mental health based. It's an urban fantasy YA young adult. It has been so good for my mental health because it's any time that I felt, um, you know, depressed or felt anxious or just not feeling right. Um, I just write. I would, you know, just dive into it and I wouldn't see anything else. I would just be that kid again in my room writing those you know, fantasy fan fiction. <laughs> and it was, was really good for me. Um, it is really good for me. Um, but I do have another novel that I'm, I'm about halfway through the first draft and it's, um, it's a lot more difficult to write because it is actually about a 14 year old girl who died by suicide. Um, mm. But I'm, I, yeah, I'm trying to make it delicate though. I don't want it to be, you know, one of these messages that bashes you over the head and sensationalized. Mm. And I'm trying to stay completely away from the whole 13 reasons why kind of trope that in my opinion is very expired. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's difficult. And there's so many truths to, you know, mental illness and suicide that are completely glossed over or um, ignored entirely for sensationalism in media, in literature. Um, and I just, I want to stay away from that. Um, and I just want to make it as real as possible. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, yeah. but. <laughs> no, it, it does. You know, I, 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 I can appreciate you know, you're trying to avoid being heavy handed with it. Yeah. You know, exactly. and, and that's, you know, that, that is, that's very difficult when you're trying to say mm-hmm. something, you know, without getting preachy, you know, yes. um, yeah. So, so good, good on you for that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I may die so, in the process. Trying to do this. <laughs> oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Um, we're we're about 25 minutes in or so, so we're going to take our first break. Uh, we're going to be listening to the song called Circles by Brian Justin Crumb. So stay tuned, and we'll see you guys on the other side.
Back to Voices for Change 2.0. I'm Joe. She's Rebecca. And that lovely and talented young lady that is on the line with us today is the wonderful Kelly Aiello. I kind of was digging on that song. I think I might like to listen to it. Scott, you want to play it again? <laughs> 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 kidding. 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 Don't play it again. You know, we'll get it. We'll get it from you after the show. But uh, yeah, no, it sounded pretty cool. It's good, good, good jam. Yeah. So. Hi, Kel. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I'm more relaxed now with my fiasco trying to figure out Canadian slash American Skype. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Tag. I don't yeah, need a tag. There's, yeah, there's, there's, you know, they don't really give you a, a manual with this stuff. You just kind of have to guess your yeah. way in. And that, life's like oh that, though. You know, yeah. we're, we're finding, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So, we've... so we want to dip into our, our next uh, series of questions here. Sure, darling. Uh, I'm I'm asking you this question because as a writer and someone also with bipolar, that it's it's kind of a struggle for me. So I'm just yeah. wondering if you ever have any difficulty staying focused as an author with mental health. Yeah, yeah, absolutely do actually. Um, well, the first problem that I do have actually is keeping literally keeping focus, being able to finish a project without, you know, my mind splitting elsewhere and saying, ooh, you know, shiny thing over there. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I, I, I don't know if you can relate, Rebecca. I know we have a lot of similarities um, with respect to our lives and mental health. Um, but I, I also do know that that is a wee bit of a writer thing, but I find particularly with me it's, it can be very difficult. Um, and I also find that I am beyond hard on myself um, to the point where, I, yeah, I'm sure you get it. Um, I give up. I start ruminating, spiraling thoughts. And, and then you just, I go down the rabbit hole, and, and there we have days lost of me crying. And, <laughs> you know, I yeah. laugh because it's the only thing I can do, right? It's, it's brutal when it happens. But, um, yeah, it is. It's, and being a writer too, you're, and this is overall for all writers, particularly fiction. Um, actually, no, for any writer, I don't even know why I said that. Um, but you have to bleed. You have to bleed on the paper or on your laptop, you know, metaphorically, obviously. Um, but then when you send it out there, you got to put your armor on. How are we possibly supposed to do both of those things? How can you do that, right? right. You have to be, yeah, I think you know what I'm probably talking about. Rebecca. Mm-hmm. I do. Yeah. So I find that very difficult, particularly because um, I do have, I have multiple, multiple, uh, mul- multiple mental illnesses. So it just, it gets compounded and I have to learn how to just, you know, send things out there and forget about them. Yeah. Yeah. It's difficult, especially when the the negative reviews start coming in. 
you know, I I, mm-hmm. I, never, I didn't have a, I didn't have a lot of them, but the ones that I did were very personal and mm-hmm. just mean <laughs> is the only word I can think of, you know. But when you put your own story out there, like I did, you know, and yeah. people are still going to comment that they didn't like the book, and and. I'm not so much opposed to saying, having somebody say, no, I, I didn't like this book. That's that's fine. You know, there's books I don't like. But when they start talking specifically about me and my life and how um, that, you know, their their journey through bipolar disorder was different from mine, so yeah. I must not have it. I must not actually have it. Uh, or, yeah. you know, things like that. That's that's when the the real struggle comes in for me is people just questioning things that I say in the book and making snide comments about, you know, because I I said I I wasn't sure how I would handle negative comments. And there's been a couple of people that have popped up and said, well, you know, she said she wasn't sure how she was going to handle it. So, you know, I hope that, you know, her reading my negative comment doesn't make her go kill herself. What? Yeah. yeah. Somebody said that to me on good on Goodreads. Wow. <clears throat> yeah. So oh it's, my gosh. it's crazy the kind of stuff that you get put through once you put yourself out there like that. It's not crazy, it's Do you wild. Want me to make a, yeah. It is yeah, yes, thank you. Do you want me to make a snarky comment back to that guy? I totally can. <laughs> I have no problem doing that. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> how do you handle that though? I I mean, I don't have a book out there yet. Um, but how do you handle that particularly because it's so personal, Rebecca? I didn't handle it well. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. It was it was very very difficult and you know, I got very upset and the only thing the the one there was something on on Goodreads after I got myself on there that um mm-hmm. They sent out this note, this, this email that was, you know, I'll don't respond to negative uh, uh-huh. reviews because it just, you know, it blows up in your face. And when I very, very first started, I, I responded to a very negative review, and it, uh-huh. it still to this day is stuck, you know, in my craw I guess you could say yeah but um, yeah it didn't go well and it it blew up and me and this girl got into this huge heated argument and everything and that's that's the one thing that I could say is that try not to respond to any of that kind of thing if it if it happens um just for your own mental health it's it's not worth it um that's one thing that you've really taken away from from the whole process is it, it got you a little bit of a thicker skin, mm-hmm. and you know she she's really learned to not engage on this type of thing and and feed into it. You know, which I, I admire the hell out of my wife for it because I will still stuff and get angry and want to respond and I'll mention something and she'll be like, well, why bother even responding? You know, it's, it's what good is it going to get you out of it? You know, and, and it really does help, you know, when, when, when I, when I go to back about it and say, Hey, I'm feeling this 
way about this situation. She says, well, if you say anything, is it going to, you know, change that other person's mind or make it, you know, make any type of, you know, uh, change a better outlook for the situation? I'm like, well, no. She says, well, why do it? You know? Yeah. Yeah, she's totally right. Why? Mm-hmm. It's like that, um, that line in that movie with Tom Hanks. Um, that narrows it down. That, uh, yeah, where I was going to say. <laughs> bridge, bridge. Oh, oh, yeah, 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 the spy one. Yeah. Yeah, something something about a, I can't remember the dang name of the movie. So, like, was the name of the movie Bridge of Spies? I think it was Bridge of Spies, yeah. Um, excellent movie. And the, uh, the gentleman that was starring in it with him, Tom Hanks' character would say, are you worried? And the other character would say, would it help? And I kind of took that I took that away from mm-hmm. from that whole movie. I loved it every time he said it, and I actually do let that go in my head. Like, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes when I'm really feeling really down about whatever's going to happen next, I listen to myself and I I say that you know, are you worried? Not would it help? And yeah. it really it really does put things kind of into perspective. My wife's so smart. Yeah, she is so <laughs> smart. I was going to say to you, um, with, I love the title of your book too, Rebecca. It's not your journey, and that should say everything to anybody who says, "Well, she may not have bipo- uh, bipolar disorder. Her journey's not the same as mine." Questioning you, well, mm-hmm. read the title. It's not your journey. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. And yeah, I just, that- I love how you titled that. Yeah. Thank you. There have been a lot of people that have questioned me on that. Like, what does this mean? And like, well, um, did you not read yours. the cover? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not your journey. Well. <laughs> My journey. Not to get too deep, but it's not your journey. <laughs> yeah. You know, some some people have a hard time with the obvious. Yeah. They really yeah. do. Well. Yeah. You know. Well, that's enough yeah. about me. <laughs> Never, never enough about. So, Kelly, tell us, tell us a little bit more about your uh, trilogy. Oh yeah, of course. How much time do you have? Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I love talking about this trilogy. Um, so, it actually um, it didn't start off as a trilogy. It started off uh, quite a few years ago as um, almost like a, a kind of Da Vinci Code esque sort of story, but obviously it was a female protagonist, because that's what I do. Um, and then it just kind of was falling flat. I don't know why. There was just, I wasn't feeling it. I got about 70,000 words in, and I'm like, this is crap. I don't know what I'm doing. And then I put it away. Yeah, I know, 70,000 words, right? Um, a lot. It is a lot, but this is apparently what I do. Um, so I, I just kind of abandoned it for a few years, and then I started thinking of another story about a young girl who has cystic fibrosis. Um, and one of my very best friends died 10 years ago from CF complications. Mm-hmm. And I immediately saw her face when I saw this character. The character's name is Sparrow. Um, and, and I thought, well, my friend's name was Tanya. I thought, well, you know, Tanya was this bold, vivacious, like you tell me not to do something, I will do it right in front of you, just to spite you. Kind of, you know, young woman, um, so tiny too, uh, 
patients with CF, they don't grow very large. So Tanya was about, I don't know, 410, uh, 90 pounds soaking wet. And, uh, but she was so loud. She was just like there. And that's how I saw Sparrow. Um, and then, of course, I was like, well, Tanya was a warrior, so Sparrow needs to be a warrior too. Um, so I was thinking of this storyline. And then all of a sudden it came to me, and of course, dragons, because I love dragons. And all of a sudden they came to me. I was riding on a streetcar of all places. And I was just like, wait a second. These are the same story. So I ended up taking that old story that I abandoned and started weaving the storylines together. And then it ended up kind of blowing up into an ensemble cast and, you know, um, world building and, three novels. I just finished the second one, the first draft of the second novel. And uh, yeah, and it's kind of consumed the last, sorry, the last two years of my life. And it's been amazing. I just, I feel like I've become, you know, the good parts of that kid again, you know, who would just dive into these fantasy stories and just, you know, think about magic and, you know, and at that time, there weren't a lot, like in the 80s, there weren't a lot of fantasy stories where the, the women were the heroes, the warriors, the ones who saved the world. Um, yeah. So, yeah, so this is what I've done. I have two female characters. They both have magical powers, and they're descended from this, you know, old, ancient race um, who are incredibly powerful and universal. And, and they're just, like, I have just fell in love with them so much. Um, and it's kind of everything I wanted as a kid, you know. So that's so, yeah. awesome. Yeah. You know, and, and I, 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 uh, I give you all credit in the world for for, you know, going through, creating an ensemble cast, doing world building, all of that stuff. Because all, you know, that's beyond anything else. That takes a lot of patience to do mm-hmm. to actually have that follow through on it, you know, and. You know, you, I can think of only a handful of people that have done that in in the recent past um, to to any sort of success. You know, chief among them George Lucas, and mm-hmm. yeah, and you know, I, I've mm-hmm. I've tried writing in the past. You know, um, yeah. and uh, I just if it's a short story, I can I can nail that. You know, a couple characters, no problem. But to do it on a scale that you're describing, it just it blows my mind. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I, I I don't think I could uh, put that all together. I think it, the the cloudiness in my brain would would take over before I was able to get too far. So I kudos to you for being able to do that for sure. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was going to say that, you know, I kind of liken how I'm feeling with what you're doing to what I imagine when I'm told from, from people that don't know how to play an instrument, you know, they're blown away when I play something on guitar, you know, and mm. especially playing something that they quote unquote know. Um, mm. And me, it's just, you know, I look at it, I'm like, well, it's simple. You do this, this, and this, you know, it's a couple of things, mm-hmm. blah, 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 you know. And to them, they're like, whoa, you know, and I'm doing, <laughs> and right now I'm doing the whoa with uh, everything you, you've put into your trilogy. I just, I, I'm, 
geeking out. Sorry. Uh, just no, it's really geek. cool. <laughs> geek out all you want. Yeah, it's um, <laughs> I yeah, I've never done something like this before, and I'm not gonna lie, it's been. I think the only reason I've actually been able to do it is because I've become obsessed with it. Everywhere I go, I even have a a, a playlist, Spotify playlist um, that mm-hmm. I downloaded that has about 120 songs now that I've titled um, like the acronym for the fir- the title of the first novel, and that's even my playlist. And everywhere I go, I'm I'm walking down the street, I'm taking the subway, whatever. I'm listening to that playlist, and I am literally in a dissociative state, a good one where I'm just imagining the scenes and then I missed my subway stop or I've gotten on the wrong bus before and I am constantly in it all the time. So I think that's the only reason I've been able to, you know, carry this on for, you know, as many characters as I have. And, and it's taught me a lot about myself, like patience and logic and strategy and um, that I would have never had before. I don't think. Yeah, that's good. You, yeah. you also mentioned that um, you've written some poetry as well. You want mm-hmm. to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I actually um, recently won honorable mention for a poetry a haiku contest uh, with Dreamers Creative Writing. Um, mm-hmm. But I do, yeah, I do have you know quite a few poems written. There, those are where I write about mental health and mental illness a lot because they're. They're so immediate. They're like, um, I don't want to say immediate gratification, but it, that almost is what, to me, what poetry is, because I write pretty much micro poetry. Um, and it's, I'm feeling something so intensely in the moment, whether it's a positive emotion, a negative emotion, um, overwhelming, and I'll just start thinking of all these idiosyncratic word usage, and I'll just end up writing it. And now I have probably about 30 poems, um, I'm kind of compiling a bit of a collection. I've sent out a few others, and yeah, I love writing poetry. I don't really think I'm a poet, but I love writing it. Yeah, yeah I, can... I I enjoy it too when when yeah. the brain works. You know, yeah. I have a I have a poetry blog too that um, I haven't I've been neglecting lately, but um, I've been ha- I'm having a little trouble focusing on any kind of writing to be honest <clears throat> yeah for me it's it's mine always takes the form of lyrics lyrics yeah you know yeah. so yeah i've actually i've actually taken to uh in my phone i've got a, a memo app and i'll just start writing stuff down in the memo app mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh that way i've got it and that's been actually pretty convenient i got uh lyrics for three songs in there already so wow so i'm pretty pretty proud of that if i can ever if i can ever get to play with my band again i'll get to show them yeah get recording (laughs) yeah we will it's just it's summers are tough you know everybody's got stuff going on so you know yeah so talk to us a little bit about uh your decision to turn down a ted talk Oh, yeah, I think I'm probably the only person in the world who's turned down a TED Talk speaker opportunity. Um, It was here in Toronto, um, Unionville, which is a little, it's one of the suburbs of Toronto. Um, And I was going to speak about 
creativity and mental illness, specifically bipolar disorder. There's been a lot of research that has suggests there is a, a correlation, not necessarily causation, but a correlation there um, and all the nuances about that and things we need to be aware of and uh, be mindful of. Um, and I, yes, I will. You know, they, they approved my application. There was only six of us. Um, and I was so excited. And then the dread started to set in. Um, I prepared my, my talk. I had my slides, my research. And two weeks before, I had a bit of a breakdown. I was starting to get panic attacks. And I was losing sleep and obviously very irritable, which is not good mm. for my marriage. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I actually spoke with a, a good friend of mine, and she said, "Kelly, is this going to do anything for you?" I'm like, "Well, no, but it's a good message." She's like, "Is it going to do anything for you?" I'm like, "Well, no, not really. I guess I don't really need to do it." She's like, "Then don't do it." Who says you have to do this? Um, so I, I'm not going to do it. So I turned it down. Um, wow. And yeah, and I thought like I, you know, I backed it. They had somebody else lined up. Um, they had a couple of other people actually lined up just in case anybody said no. Um, but I thought, you know, when I sent the email, I thought I'm gonna feel like garbage about myself about this, thinking, you know, yet here's another thing that I can't do because I have a mental illness and I'm a failure, and you know, all these cognitive distortions that mental illness is you know, so delightful to lay upon us. And yeah. none, of, none of that happened. You know, I felt really proud to be able to actually say, no, I'm not doing this. I know this is a wonderful thing. And TED Talks is kind of, you know, the echelon of lectures. I, I'm not doing it. I don't need to. The fact that I was uh, invited to is enough for me. You know, and yeah. I think that, yeah, that's self-care. That's putting yourself first 100%. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, I want people to know that more than what I actually had <laughs> planned in my lecture, although it's really cool material. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's that's really cool that you were, you know, self-aware enough to say, you know what, this is doing me harm trying to prepare for this uh i think i need to step away you know uh, a, lot, a lot of people wouldn't have done that you know and they they would have you know god knows what you would have gone through had you gone through with it you know and and i i yeah you know, I, I say that with with a lot of respect because it's that's a tough decision to make you know you get an opportunity like that and you're like wow this could be really cool and everything but you know, if you're beating yourself up, getting ready for it, you know, your friend was absolutely right. You know, what is this doing for you? You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah. you know, if you're not getting something out of what you're doing to, where's the benefit? Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. So, so good on Yeah. You. Don't. Thank you. Yeah. I, I feel like, you know, there's, there's so much out there already. There's so many wonderful advocates. You know, I can think of, you know, a couple of them, including the two of you who are out there all the time. You're on Twitter. Rebecca, you're so candid on your Twitter about, you know, I'm not feeling well today or, um, you know, we have our podcast. I'm so excited for this. And, 
everything that you say, I feel like, you know what, I'm just going to, I'm for a little while, I'm going to step back and just let everybody, <laughs> you know, these amazing yeah. people yeah. do what, what they do. And I'm going to do what I do best. You know, you don't have to do something that um, will put you front and center if it's not good for you, because you're not going to do anyone any favors. Um, right. And I, that's important. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> Well, tell us uh, what is coming up next for you briefly. We're getting to the to the end of the show now, so um, mm-hmm. if you want to just kind of briefly let us know what what your next steps are. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm going to continue doing what I do. Um, I'm working on shopping this the first uh, novel of the trilogy um, with agents right now. I did get a publishing offer, but I'm not 100% sure I'm going to go with that one. Um, and continue try and finish the first draft of the other novel I was mentioning, the one about the young girl who died by suicide. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm going full on, full steam ahead with my writing, and I'm also teaching students and coaching students um, the academic writing skills. So that takes a lot of time and energy, a lot, and I love it. It's good for my mental health because I can usually just do it from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so what about your, your social media, if anybody wants to reach out and get in touch with you? Yeah, sure. I'm um, My Twitter is mostly, I'm very active with, uh, at Kelly C. Nunn. Um, and email, they can reach me via email. Um, I don't know if you're going to put the the links on your on the website. Um they can, yeah, do that via email as well. That's pretty much my, what I use the most. Okay, Kelly C. Nunn. That's yeah. the, the, what you want to remember, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you can DM me. It's cool. <laughs> awesome. Well, we hate to we hate to bring things to an end because, you know, you know, we love you and we love talking to you. And it's nice being able to talk one-on-one for once. Yeah. Um, this is this was a long time coming, and uh, yeah. you know, one thing I'll say is when there's more going on with your book, like you know, you've got release dates or anything mm-hmm. that you want to talk about with with uh, with it, um, let us know. We would absolutely love to have right. you back, Kelly. Um, I'd love that. You know, any opportunity to talk to you, young lady. Yes. Yes. Yay. And you. You guys as well. It's such a pleasure always speaking with you guys. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. So stay stay on the line. Uh, oh. We're going to close out our last tune, uh, which is For You by Brandon Stanzel. Have a great week, everybody, and we'll see you next week. Turn in the quick, then I can't run. It's gonna be alright. It's gonna be alright. I push and pull with all my might, but it feels like it's not enough. It's gonna be alright. You make me feel alright. In moments and seasons, we're caught in this deep end. Yeah, I need a hand to hold me. Love me like you know me. When
Welcome to Astro Kiki Radio. We are the e-news of astrology. Today, we'll be diving into the cosmic guidance from the stars, celebrities, and entertainment lifestyle. Thanks for joining us, and let's see what the universe has in store. It's that time of the week again where we here at Astro Kiki Radio break the stars above and the stars below right down for you. We are the e-news of astrology. My name is Kyle Thomas and I'm a pop culture astrologer. You may know me from some of my interviews with mainstream publications like Cosmo, Bustle, Marie Claire, and more. As well as now, I am the resident astrologer for Horoscopes and Horoscopes Daily on Instagram. We are so grateful to be partners with them now and honored to be working with them and we'll be releasing all sorts of different content in the weeks and months ahead. This week on Astro Kiki Radio, we have some huge astrological news in store for each and every one of you, as well as some inside Hollywood gossip, and of course, 
our lovely celebrity guest here on Air with us today. We are broadcasting from my home in the Hollywood Hills. Sam, take it away. Hey guys, Sam Davidson here. Super excited to chat with you guys this week. Entertainment news journalist, celebrity gossip junkie. I love it all and I love you guys for listening. And I, of course, love astrology. I'm super excited to be sitting here with our special celebrity guest, Brandon Liberati. How are you doing today? Good. Thank you for having me. We're very, very excited to have you. So you do so many cool things. I'm just going to chat with you for a couple minutes about what it is. So you're an international celebrity hairstylist, beauty style influencer, and television personality. And you're one of the most well-known hairstylists working with some of the top TV, movie, music, and Broadway stars. Yes. Very impressive. I love it. in a nutshell. Yeah. Like some of your clients are people on shows like American Horror Story, Two Broke Girls, American Housewives, Will and Grace. And you also um, had your own hit reality show, Newlyweds, the first year. And you've appeared on Shaws of Sunset, Watch What Happens Live, American Beauty Star, BuzzFeed, RuPaul's Drag Race, Drag You, and now, of course, Astro Kiki Radio. Yeah, see, this, this completes my journey right here. Yes. Um, Bravo, yeah, Bravo's a huge part of my career. And I think because I did have a reality show on Bravo, that uh, I a lot of those Bravo lebs are attracted to me because, you know, it's, it's, it is a family, and it's definitely its own um we know what we go through on there. It's it's like a cult a cult network. It yeah. really is. So it's very cool. Well, I'm a big fan of Bravo. Are you into astrology at all? Is that your thing? I love astrology with my hands. Yeah, oh my I goodness. have yeah, I have symbolism all over. I love astrology. I'm um it it'll be fun to get into, you know, what what I think about it and to learn from you and see if if how I use it in my life is correct. And for, sure. uh, for everyone listening, you are the husband and partner of our lovely guest last week, right? He's lovely. He's amazing. <laughs> Craig is fantastic. We He's love just, Craig. Uh, I mean, it, it's funny because it's like it's so wonderful to to have this show and be connecting with such incredibly talented and sweet people, and you know, just through the network of meeting more wonderful and sweet people, and it's just. I don't know. I just it, every week it's so cool to have this experience and really feel like we're really connecting on such a great level with so many people. Craig is one of the nicest people I've ever met. So yeah, he's such a good guy. I'm very fortunate, and we couldn't be more different. Not that I'm not a nice guy, but we're we're very different from each other. So it really works. I yeah, he's he's great. Well, I'm so excited to get into you two as well, since you know we know Craig from last week. So does our audience. So it's going to be really exciting to talk about. Before we get into our top celebrity stories of the week and then your chart, we are going to get into our weekly forecast. Kyle, it's the shit show of a week is what you've been saying? Yeah. I mean, I warned everybody, you know, a couple of months back, you know, I usually look into the stars for at least a year ahead, especially if I'm writing a book, which I'm actually in the process of looking at a few different kind of deals and plans that I'm going to be doing for next year and mapping out the stars and all of that. And so we as astrologers, we can kind of see which months are going to be like the best. Like for instance, for everyone, September and August are going to be so lovely and so magnificent. And, you know, I'm excited to to put that out there because I knew that July was going to be an effing shit show. And so did every astrologer that's out there because we see that there's the Mercury retrograde going on. We have eclipses. Eclipses are always throwing dust into the air. You know, sometimes when we have these more difficult aspects, I, I refer to them as like a, a cosmic a cosmic storm. We're in this cosmic storm, this cyclone. And, 
you know, you could, there's different processes of it. You know, at the beginning, you kind of like feel it like approaching, and you're like, oh shit, what's you know, what's out there? Then we're in the middle of it, which is right now. Mm-hmm. And then you know, we get through it. It's just like if you're walking through, if you could walk through a tornado, if that makes sense. You know? That sucks, Kyle. That is so sad. I it, It's terrifying. It doesn't scare me, though. And that's one thing that I've been trying to, like, hopefully, you know, show you is that even even when we have some of these more difficult or harsher aspects, they're here to challenge us so we can grow and evolve. And sometimes they're, they're not even that difficult because if you're doing the work on yourself all the time and you're growing and you're happy in your relationships, it's not just going to make something to, like, be destroyed because, you know, for, for instance, like, with with the eclipses for the Capricorns and the Cancers right now, anyone that is in a shitty relationship, or maybe not even shitty, just maybe not they're not supposed to be together, they're breaking up right now. But the people that are in good relationships, they're growing closer. They're talking about getting engaged, or they are engaged, or they are married, or they're having a baby, or, you know, there's all these wonderful things, and that's because they put effort into their relationships and they're in a solid partnership. Does that make sense? Yes. How often does something like what's going on right now happen in astrology? Is it something that happens a couple times a year, or is it too a little more often? Rare? Too often. It's, I always say it's like going to the dentist. Every time you go, you're like, didn't I just go to the freaking dentist? I swear to God, I just went. And it's, I mean, it's quarterly, basically. Well, it, I mean, the thing is that the planets are always moving. So it's not like you can always you know, assume like, oh, it's summer, we're going to have a Mercury retrograde. It doesn't always work that way. You know, we can look at the different, you know, the movements of the sun and know that that's going to be the same every year. That's why we know our sun sign and our birthdays. But when we have different things like a Mercury retrograde, well, that usually retrogrades roughly about three to four times a year. And we usually have roughly about four-ish eclipses a year, sometimes five, sometimes it could be even more than that. Uh, but it wouldn't be more than, I'm assuming, like even six. I don't think I've seen that before. I'd have to look back. But mm-hmm. but that basically, you know, we, we do know that these things, because they're, they're rotating, they're moving, you know. Um, the eclipses are actually going backwards in the zodiac. So, you know, right now, or before, a couple of years ago, we were in Aquarius and Libra. And then they moved into, now they're in Cancer and Capricorn. Well, then next year, we get the first Sagittarius and Gemini axis moving forward on that time, too. And then it's just going to keep going backwards again. So then after that, that's going to be Scorpio and Taurus, and then it's going to be Aries and Libra. So it's, it's just always kind of moving that way. And then we look at all of the other planets, like Jupiter, like that goes retrograde at different times. And so, yeah, it's very complicated, and that's why we're here to, you know, essentially do the work for you, just to kind of show you where the openings and the closings are. So Fascinating. I know. I, I love it. It just makes me so excited. So <laughs> All right, let's, let's dive into this week. So... We touched a little bit last week about how there is the full moon lunar eclipse in Capricorn on July 16th. So that energy is really going to be spilling out through the entire week. You know, full moons are always connected to a corresponding new moon. In this case, it'd be a solar eclipse in the same sign in that year. So, you know, we basically start things on the new, the, the solar eclipse, the new moon. You know, so look back around uh, January 5th be like, who were you talking to? What were you doing? What projects were in motion? You know, you're going to see the efforts of those kind of come into this abundance or this harvest mode now, so you can actually 
continue on your path and, and reap those rewards or shift your direction. That's what the corresponding full moon is. So Kyle gives really good advice that, you know, it's like you're a little kid and you go, yeah, I know you're right and you don't take it. And then you that time comes and you go, damn, I, I wish I would have done that. Kyle writes down what he does mm-hmm. in bullet points, even if it's something small, even if he does nothing, every single day in his calendar. So at times like these, he can go back and see what he was doing then. Yeah, I was just going to say, I can't remember what I what I did yesterday. I mean, seriously, it's right like, here. Like, it's oh, Instagram and Facebook it. are the only ways I can track anything you know, like that. Yeah, everything is documented. Who I talk to, if I like meet with this. So for instance, like the other podcasting that we're talking about, I wrote that down today that like, oh, we got to introduce about that. Well, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff is all, you know, oh, going it's to like be correlated. like a fascinating journal. Right? Yeah, yeah. You know, and that's why the funny thing is it's like if I know that, you know, I was talking to a business contact, you know, someone that I haven't reached out to in that rough time, and I'll be like, well, hey, maybe I need to reconnect with them. And then maybe they hire me or... You know, maybe they open a door, or if there's even a lover or someone, you know, like, you, maybe you reconnect, or whatever that be. Or maybe you take your relationship to the next level. Like, everything is divinely connected. And so that's why I just think it's really beautiful. How inspiring. I'm going to do that. Yeah, yeah. I know. You say you will, and then, like Probably me, you so don't do note, it. the note to my phone. That yeah. work for me. Exactly. Totally, totally. Well, you know, going back to the eclipse, so... This eclipse is three times more powerful than a full moon. And you know how people are on full moons? It's like, oh, shit, I'm feeling crazy or horny or angry or impulsive or whatever. Crying. I mean, none of those things were ever me. But, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, you know, so this is actually even more intense for people at this point in time because we're really seeing, like, a very, you know, rare phenomenon in the year. So, you know, this is going to be really, really powerful in culminations endings and achievements for everyone in this area of your life. So, you know, look at like what you've been building, you know, the long-term structures and build it, like the plans that you've been uh, creating in your life, even in relationships and in whatever that longevity here that you've been investing your time and energy within, you're going to either receive, receive those rewards or you're going to have to shift your, your path and plan with it. So, you know, really be thinking now this week, how are you leaving your impact on the world? And so for me, right, I mean, I when I started my job last year, mm-hmm, we mm-hmm. missed Comic-Con because I just started around this time. Mm-hmm. And it was always going to be a thing if I hopefully was still going to be there like I am right now. We were going to go do Comic-Con. I've been working so hard, full force, to get into all of the press rooms, get the biggest celebrities, all of it, and I leave in two days. And this is, I keep on getting scared about Comic-Con, but I'll, actually this is a good time because everything I've worked for is kind of coming to light, right? Well, the you had an eclipse in your career sector at the beginning of this month. Mm-hmm. So it's, it, with it being an eclipse, it's a powerful energy. And, it's, you know, so, like usually I feel like a normal new moon is going to last for very specifically in that certain, like, 10 days that are after that. But... The power of, of an eclipse lasts for six months. It's like the theme of your life. So if you're going into eclipses in your career, the whole effing year is going to be crazy big with career stuff. If you're going into eclipses where it's love or children, like it's a longer big theme and process for you. So that's why, yes, you're very fortunate and massively fortunate for, because we have to look back, but I'm pretty sure you found out about going to Comic-Con after that eclipse happened. 
Yeah, it was, well, I mean, like you said, what were you doing January, like, around then? And yeah. I, I think that is when I kind of got... Oh, really? Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I think oh, then, around yeah, absolutely. then I got approved yeah. for Comic-Con, and um, now I'm I'm going in a couple of days. No, then you're absolutely right. Don't be right. scared, girl. Be, yeah. I got this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Sorry, I was, I was missing up some of those dates just for you, because I was not sure when you were approved for it, but... But yeah, no, I mean, you're, yeah, that's exactly a perfect example. Another thing for me, I'll use a tangible example, is so I have been doing astrology and involved in entertainment for, you know, pretty much my whole life. And in some capacity, either if I was just like studying spirituality growing up or like being an actor of things when I was younger. But, you know, I've always been involved in Hollywood. Well, I actually, this eclipse very affects my career and also publications for me. So I... I started writing a ton of stuff for Bustle and all those publications back in December and then launching them right after the eclipse. Now, I literally had 12 published like yesterday. That's amazing. Like, it, so that's just, it keeps building and that's what I'm saying. It's like, hell yeah, I was working my ass off and it's like working. It's Very so interesting cool. because I, I don't know what my chart is, obviously. Yeah, you yeah. Can help me with that. But this last month, it's been the same thing. Like, I had three publications come out in one day. Like, yeah. it, my work has been flowing so easily. So it kind of gives me perspective on maybe what I was working on. <laughs> right? Yeah. Totally, yeah. totally. Right maybe totally. next time we'll remember and we'll start writing this yeah, down. Yes. Well, you know, do whatever works for you. No, I'll do it. You know, I just don't like being told what to do, and I'll right. one day be like, I'm gonna do that. Yeah, you know, whatever. But like I said, whatever <laughs> literally works for you. So there's other two. There's two other days that I do want to bring attention to in this week. The 17th is going to feel a bit heavy because we have Venus, the planet of love and money. It's going to be feeling cold and bummed out <laughs> due to a clash with Saturn, which is the planet of obstacles and hardship. So this may mean that some people are feeling very deflated on that day, especially in relation to their love life or relationships. So don't worry, though. If the things are kind of rough, it'll pass. It'll be fine. However, on the 18th, Venus, our sweet planet of love, will be smiling over to Neptune, which is the planet of imagination and faith. Even though we had, a, you know, this sad energy just right before, we actually have an opportunity for happiness. And this is one of the most romantic and creative vibrations we can have in a year. So literally plan something super special around here because this is a magical time for romance and relaxing. You know, you're almost going to feel like something special is in the air. Some people legitimately have the opportunity to like meet a soulmate or like fall in love. Like that's just kind of like this very vibrant and, and, and colorful, you know, romantic and passionate energy and also creative, like I said. You know, so there's that. Enjoy yourself and if you're single, do try to meet someone now. So... Me. But you're at Comic-Con then. You yeah. should definitely, yo, you try to meet, oh, but Neptune also rules, okay, no, this is funny, okay, so for her, the way I can break this down specifically, is so Venus is your ruler, because you're Libra, and then Neptune is also what rules Hollywood, so those things aligning, it literally means that you can meet someone in Hollywood that's really legitimately in your industry. Well, let's hope he's not day. wearing a mask, because <laughs> I don't want any surprises when I get back home. But it would be lovely, you know, Batman, he could be Batman, he could be the Joker. As long as he doesn't work out in front of Grauman's Chinese Theater, he can be Batman. Yeah, right? right? Oh, yeah, totally, totally. Okay, well, I'll keep you guys posted about this Comic-Con romance. That's very exciting. Mm -hmm. All right. Does that wrap us up for our weekly forecast? Okay, well, guys, next is my personal favorite segment, which is our pop culture Stories of the week. We are going to be right back, so stay tuned. 
Hey everybody, welcome back to Astro Kiki Radio. We are going to get into the top three stories of the week as well as our celebrity WTF. So first we're going to talk about some good news in Hollywood. YouTuber Gigi Gorgeous marries Nats Getty. So I didn't even know that she was with someone or engaged for a while. I'm obsessed with her. I think she's so cool. I interviewed her on a red carpet last fall. I didn't I'm not in that world of YouTuber beauty, but I thought she was just one of the most beautiful, coolest people I'd ever met. Um, She, if you guys don't know her, look her up. Absolutely beautiful. She's a model and designer, and she married someone named Nat Getty, who is in the Getty family fortune. Very, very rich woman. Uh, Let's just put it out there. Uh, Gigi's a Taurus. She is looking for that money and stability, and she got it. But she, she has also, it too. Every time I've I've ran into her, she's she's not somebody that sits in the corner. She will come straight up to like if you're with somebody that she wants to meet. Gigi she, or no? Yeah, Gigi. Okay. Gigi. Yeah. She's she'll come straight up. She's she's very forward. So okay. I really like her. I did not know she was with somebody because every time I've seen her, she's. You know, just been with her friends. Yeah, work in the room, you know, just trying to make those contacts. But, yeah, she (laughs) is married. They had a very beautiful wedding on July 12th in Montecito, California. A lot of, like, prominent party guests were there, including YouTuber Candy Johnson, um, Hannah Hart, Grace Helbrig, BeautyCon CEO, uh, Maj Madera, so many people um, who else randomly... Actress Terry Hatcher from Desperate Housewives. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, Singer Bonnie McKee, who also performed. And here's a little bit of their relationship timeline, because I always find it interesting when Kyle digs into that to see, like, how things were going for them. So at the end of 2016, Gigi, Gigi announced that they were going to split up. They had been dating for a little under a year, I think. Um, they still loved each other, but needed some space. Just a few weeks later after that, they were back together. And so now at this point, they've been dating for about three years. And in March of 2018, the couple took their relationship to the next level and they got engaged. And as I said before, Nats is the heir to the Getty billion-dollar fortune. And her uncle is the owner of Getty Images as well. So these two seem extremely happy. Those photos that they have all over. I think people got the exclusive. I can't remember. They're beautiful. Everyone needs to check them out. But what is their compatibility like, Kyle? Well, did you want to say something before I we I was just going to say, I, what I love about this is, you know, Gigi is, is such an amazing transgender um, activist. And the fact that he married her um, and, and it's such a public family, I just, I, I think it's a lot of, um, there's so much hidden shame that goes on with a lot of the transgender people I know in their relationships. And this is a, a serious issue that's talked about all the time. So I think it's it's fabulous that she found somebody that, um, yeah, it's, it's I love it. so public with, with all of it. It's great. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Well, let's dive right into here. So this is an exciting time for the pair. Gigi Gorgeous is a Taurus, as I mentioned before, and Nas Getty is a Sagittarius. So this couple is not your expected match because Taurus and Sagittarius don't often align, most of all. But that means that they challenge each other to new adventures. So, you know, that's really, I think, a lovely thing. Usually Taurus, which is Gigi, craves more security and stability than Sagittarius, which is Nat. But we don't see their rising signs, so there could actually be some other factors at play. For instance, your chart with Craig, I I looked into that a little bit. (laughs) 
And just just like a real quick just glance at it, and I was like, because at first I was like, okay, how are they together? And then I was like, okay, totally. So, but we'll, we'll talk. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. It's so cute. I just yeah, I like, talked to her a little bit about it before. So, yeah. The next thing I note for them is that their moon signs are actually extremely compatible. Gigi has a Sagittarius moon, whereas Nats has an Aquarius moon. This alignment between them means that at the end of the day, they can have fun relating and their way of connecting emotionally will often be direct and forthright. And they'll love this and intuitively get each other because of that. And I think that's a very important thing, you know, at the end of the day. Last, as for some important dates, Jupiter, the planet of miracles, was in Gigi's house of partnership, engagement, and marriage actually last March when they got engaged. Wow. Signifying this is a blessed and divine connection. Amazing. Yeah, I love that. Also, Jupiter is now in Gigi's house of intimacy this year, showing that she is spending a lot of time negotiating what they each give and receive from their union. Very okay. cool. All right. <laughs> you know, I love it. Yeah, I mean, everybody does it, you know? Yeah. However, with Jupiter being in Nat's zodiac sign this year, it means that he's starting a powerful and profound cycle for 12 years when Jupiter is in our sign, major life events that are fated and blessed happen to, happen to us. This is often when we attract true love, get engaged, get married, have a baby, launch our career, whatever it is that's most important for our coming 12-year cycle. So you can actually predict the things that are going to be really crucial to you wow. by what happens at that time. Yeah. So, you know, this is a supremely blessed time for the two of them, and honestly, they're just, they're really, they look great, and I'm so excited for them. Yeah, the stars are aligned. I love it. I'm very happy for them, and I'm very happy, you know, just, I think she's fantastic, and I'm excited that I got to meet her and interview her because I was just extremely inspired, so um, congrats, you guys. Mm-hmm. A little bit of not a blessed time, um, our second story. So rapper ASAP Rocky is currently being held in a prison in Sweden. So this is one of those stories that's complicated and this and that. I'm going to try to break it down for you. So he was arrested in Sweden um, due to a June 30th street fight that was caught on video. So Rocky was arrested along with his colleagues after voluntarily going to police headquarters in Stockholm for questioning on July 3rd. He had been part of um, the July 2nd lineup at this two-day smash festival of hip-hop in the city, and all these stars have really reached out via social media being like, get him out of jail, he shouldn't be there, people are trying to help him, like Diddy has you know, spoken out, Justin Bieber, Shawn Mendes, Jada Pinkett Smith, Nick Cannon, Meek Mill, Cara Delevingne, Post Malone, like the list goes on and on, and when you first read this story, you're like, well, what did he do? Why is he, you know, was he super violent with someone? We, you know, I didn't know at first, but there is a petition now on change.org that's reached 250,000 signatures in less than 12 hours. It is the 10th fastest in history to hit that benchmark. And people, it's now up to six hundred or 530,000 signatures. And part of the petition says that he also is being held in really poor conditions and isn't getting the um, legal rights that he should be. And it kind of just seems like it's a loophole. They're trying to make an example. I don't know if it has anything to do with race, but I will say that I watched the video. I was going to ask. Yeah. And this person that, quote, unquote, got intact was antagonizing him and his friends. I think it was his bodyguard. 
um, security. He was like throwing headphones at them. And they literally, ASAP Rocky was just like, dude, please just leave us alone. I'm begging you. We don't want to fight you. We really don't want to fight you. Like, just, you know, go. Because he knew his security was about to pounce. And they didn't. And then finally, you know, they did. And so I didn't see, I guess there's a fuller video of, it says that they all attacked him just brutally. But the way it was written, I'm like, I don't necessarily believe that given the way he was speaking to the man that was harassing him. So, you know, and he, they recorded it on purpose because in the video he says, look, guys, I'm not doing anything. I'm not doing anything. These people are harassing me. I don't know what's going to happen. And then now he's in prison for uh, assaulting this guy and also part of his security team is as well. Um, I feel pretty bad for him. And it's not, it's a very scary thing to be stuck in a foreign country. He's missing, you know, he's missing a lot of work. And this is obviously going to affect him for some time. So Kyle, I'm interested to hear what's going on. And he's also a Libra like me. So I'm like, yeah. oh, no, that's a bad time. Am I going to go through a bad time? It scares me. No, I mean, I just read about some of the stuff that you, I don't know if you read it yet, but I'll certainly go into it. So Asap Raki is a Libra. And there are some obviously very interesting things going on here for him. The big thing to note is that his fight took place right near the solar eclipse in his, his fame in public recognition sector. This means... Unfortunately, that this big scandal is going to follow him, and he will be known for it. The solar eclipse was actually on July 2nd. He turned himself in for questioning on July 3rd. He's going to be known for it. So, in, however, that's not all of it either. He's been having a lot of attention on his career with Mercury spinning, spending most of his time this summer in this sector, as well as causing some changes in direction and new information to be seen. So it is possible that things could go in his favor once things like shake out, you know, from the shadow periods and, you know, especially because, you know, that we won't really have all of the information until August 15th fully. So the vast majority of this month is going to be focused on, you know, all right, what's the facts, what's going on, you know, and for you, obviously, it's, it's just making sure that you have, you know, everything sorted out for Comic-Con and mm -hmm. getting all into all that stuff. For him, unfortunately, because it happened right around the time of the eclipse, he's kind of screwed a little bit, you know, with that, you know. Why would you hire, first of all, why would you hire bodyguards and then you do the fighting? I think I, I would, if I was in a foreign country, mm -hmm. just saying, like, even without bodyguards, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not going to get involved in anything. Mm -hmm. But if I have hired help to, like, protect me, I'm, I'm not getting involved with one person throwing headphones. It sounds a little yeah like I it, it doesn't it sounds like yeah he was maybe antagonized but still it doesn't sound like the best decision to of course figure. yeah yeah I mean you you do have that that kind of stuff is gonna happen it has to be expected that they're not everybody's gonna love you and yeah or you know I, I don't know totally totally well also there's this so. Also, Saturn, the planet of hardship and obstacles, has been directly opposing the sun in his career sector, meaning that he's been feeling there's all this extra weight on him, and it's either representing com competitors, competitors or opposition to his goals. Pluto, planet of destruction but also rebirth, has been clashing with his focus in this area because the sun is in that area right now, too, signifying that he's going to eventually have to be reborn from these things and do important karmic work on releasing it. Last, Venus is also going to be clashing with both of these planets this month, meaning that ASAP 
is going to have very important relationships in his career tested and potentially some endings with them because of that. And then this occurs uh, due to the way that he's been approaching his relationships already. And so clearly there is some dark and warlike karma that needs to be worked out. I'm just such a sucker, but I feel bad. I feel bad for him, you know? Yeah, I'm not saying that, like, I mean, I, it, clearly, like, you know, if, I don't know. I feel like I literally saw half of the video, and they cut some, but I, uh, what I saw was not, I was just like, oh, poor guy. Like, oh, yeah. crap, you but know? But if he hits somebody, that's just not going to, Yeah, I, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know what happened. I haven't seen the video. But I'd like to talk about the fact that something like this gets that many people to petition. Yeah. There are so totally. many other things on going on on this planet <laughs> that are true? requiring signatures. It's, it's it's crazy to me that that many celebrities can come together and, and try to make a change with something like that. Yeah. That's a little shocking. It yeah, is. I, I feel you. I feel yeah. you. And I understand that point of view, but also it it's kind of nice that so many people care about him, but yeah, let's be signing petitions for... Yeah. You know the environment. That, yeah. I mean, the tenth largest or yeah. largest that like yeah, yeah. That, that's a little nuts. He has a lot, you know. A fan, it's he's one of those names. I'm not super into rap music, but he's always on all these tracks. You know, you're like, yeah. oh, featuring ASAP Rocky, blah blah blah. So I I hope he is gonna be okay. But yeah, let's uh, use our change dot org <laughs> power to um like while you're on there signing that petition. Yeah, sign- Find a bunch there of other go. ones that, like that. you know, like really need some attention. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. wish him the best. This third story is um, a little bit, like, self-gratifying for me, but I do know a lot of our listeners and our followers on Instagram also watch The Bachelorette, so we just need to talk about some things because we are getting, we've just gotten down um, to the final two, and... Um, Basically, this season is a lot different than others because Hannah Brown, who is our bachelorette, has become a really big feminist icon. The entire season, they've been teasing a moment that happened on TV last night um, that Fantasy Sweet Week is the week where people do it. Um, Cameras are gone, and, you know, it's called Fantasy Sweet for a reason. So one of her final men, um, Luke Parker, is religious. She's religious, and basically shamed her for having sex with other men and she broke down and was like <laughs> she said that she effed in a windmill twice and Jesus still loved her and you go, girl. yeah she sent him packing <laughs> but her final two contestants one of them is extremely controversial um, his name is Jed Wyatt and this is one of the first times that a controversy about a contestant has come out during the show and he's making it really, really far. Like, he might win. Um, He admitted earlier on in the season he pretty much came on for his music career, and he sucks. Not a good musician, but here nor there. Um, I mean, he's on the show. He's got to be gorgeous. Yeah, he's hot, but I don't... I just... I don't don't like him. But he had basically a girlfriend before the show, and he told her, like, wait for me, baby. This is just an obstacle. We're going to have to, you know... I'm just on it for the show. I'm not interested in her. That sounds like some Capricorn bullshit. Yeah. yeah. I'm calling that out there. I don't, oh, my God. I know. P.O.S. Oh. Like, I can't watch this guy anymore. And she's totally falling for it, falling for his songs. And she sends this other guy packing that, you know, yeah, he's anti-feminist, misogynist. But uh, this other guy, Jed, kind of is as well. 
Um, but she seems really, really enamored with him. And now that the news has come out, none of them can officially make public statements because ABC has such a tight, you know, tight rules on them. Um, but Hannah has kind of spoken out on Twitter and has thrown some shade because she obviously now knows everything that's come out. I mean, it was a big story. It was picked up by Entertainment Tonight, E! News, like all these different things. And um, the other guy she has left basically is one of the most loved contestants to ever grace our television screens. His name is Tyler Cameron. He's gorgeous. He's a feminist. And he loves her. And um, she just is kind of going to have quite the dilemma. And it's a shit show to watch because all of America, this was taped months ago before a lot of these things came out. So all of America knows as they're watching what's happening, but obviously when they filmed, she did not. Um, so I gave Kyle some dates about like when she started filming and, you know, the big like milestones that happened throughout filming. I think that she's just, she's unique, she's different, and she's paving the way for more talk about like religion and sex. And um, I, you can have both. You can. <laughs> and Jesus or whoever, yeah. Moses, God, I don't know. He will still love you. Like, why are, how does everyone think we got here in the first place? So it's interesting. It's going to be a very big topic of conversation for the next few weeks until the finale airs. So I wanted to get Kyle to look into these men's charts, to Hannah's charts, to kind of see specifically what was going on with these people. Oh dear, this is some hot drama for sure. So, Hannah's a Libra, mm-hmm. Jed is a Capricorn, Tyler is an Aquarius. Of their initial compatibility, you'd think that Hannah and Tyler truly do have a better connection. Hannah, you know, as a Libra and Tyler as an Aquarius blend so well together and they have a very vibrant possibility for love. Those two signs are kind of like two peas in a pot, you know, there's that, that flow. Jed, however, is having a lot of destined changes take place in his life, and this is because of the eclipses that are taking place in his sun sign. He's also having major eclipses take place in his marriage and partnership sector. As I mentioned before, Capricorns and Cancer are going through major shifts in, in their path, finding soulmates, getting engaged, getting married, or being shaken completely out of relationships in order to be redirected toward better partners. Certainly starting last year, throughout most of 2020, Jed will be experiencing that learning curve. However, looking at some of these key dates, on April 24th, the son was in Jed's romance and love zone when he introduced his family to her. On May 4th, the son was in uh, Hannah's sector of intimacy where she was negotiating the balance in her relationships in the give and take. And that was, you know, happily when she dropped Luke because that wasn't working for her. Her engagement took place when her intimacy, se- and, uh, her intimacy sector was still lit, lit up, bringing her into an agreement with the final winner, winner when that happened. However, June 18th is a funny date because this is when you know, things are airing, and this fell right near her full moon, and that full moon was in Jed's 12th house of secrets, karma, hidden enemies, and baggage. And that's when the <laughs> ex-girlfriend came out with these texts oh, and, no. all, and her whole story, so that is so crazy to me. God, these Capricorn assholes, I just can't. <laughs> um, so it, but that, because it came out then, it shows he was truly ha- trying to hide that information, and it, it came out. It was a full moon. Good. Yeah, so that's, yeah, like that was not planned. Uh, so then also... Now, though, we are having an eclipse this week in Capricorn. For, for Hannah, it's all about her... Or no, the, the eclipses earlier in the month were for, in her a house of fame, publicity, and career being lit up. 
for Jed, it's putting him front and center, and Tyler, it's all about his hidden things finally coming to light. So there's an interesting combination that we have going on with these eclipses, because if, again, this goes back to kind of what we were talking about with, like, sharper, difficult, you know, more severe aspects, if you're not living like an asshole, you're not going to have asshole things happen to you when they come, like, come out, because this could be that he won the show. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that would be the thing, because that, that's been a secret. You know, so, I mean, honestly, I, these men, I cannot with these men that, that think that they can just, like, keep people, like, around and, like... It's called gaslighting. Yeah, you, like, you think you can, you, can, you can have all of it, and I just burn them to the ground. Yes. Oh. I very much agree. Well, you know, I... I just had, like, we have to talk later. Okay. <laughs> oh. oh, God. Oh, okay. Yeah, all right. Um, I have a feeling in a month or so once all of the dust settles because what I love about the show now with social media and things is once the season ends airing on TV or ends filming and it's airing on television, there's still drama that's happening because people are watching, more secrets come out, and then you realize that like things have been going on that we never saw. Because, it's harder yeah. being on a show, watching it when it's, when it's airing. Oh you relive everything and like you said you find out what everybody else was saying and doing things that you didn't know yeah it's, and the people around you also get to see it and girlfriends mm-hmm. and, yeah. you know even if this doesn't end in happiness for her i think at the very least she has been a really cool icon to just be like yeah i have sex i don't care i'm not sorry men do it all the time like sue me good for her it's good for her you know maybe she falls in love with herself and that's the end. Who knows? I don't know. But speaking of um, someone falling in love with yourself, because I think that was a really um, good quote on Sex in the City at one point, we're going to move on to our Celeb WTF of the Week. Usually I do couples that don't really make sense or love triangles, but this week is going to be a little bit different. It's about a friendship that um, isn't what everyone thought it was. So Sarah Jessica Parker and Kim Cattrall, a.k.a. Carrie and Samantha from Sex in the City. So um, last year, some information, well, they were talking about doing a Sex in the City 3, and Kim Cattrall basically said no, never, and just shut it down. People accused her of not doing it because she wasn't getting enough money, and so finally she came out and just basically said, Sarah Jessica Parker has been a big bully to her for years. The other girls have kind of been bullies to her. Um, and it's not about the money, but it's just she was never close with them. They were never friends, and um, her f- uh, brother passed away last year, Kim's did, and Sarah reached out via social media, sending her love and support. She basically was like, screw you. I don't want your love and support, you phony. And um, it's such but a she bummer. she accepted the other girl. Yes. Social media outreach. So you're, you know about some of this drama, too, well, huh? Well, I know Sarah Jessica Parker. And she's actually one of the most lovely people I've ever been around. And, I'm, and I, in fact, I just did an article, and I say she's, she's one of the sweetest celebrities that I know. I really hope to meet her someday. So she's, she's, she's so she's, iconic. She is, uh, like she is, she's fabulous. She is a super sweet human being. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just so sad because I grew up with that show, and you really believe that they're all best friends. Well, it's like the Golden Girls. I was crushed to find out that, you know, that B. Arthur and um, Betty White. Betty White? Nobody liked somebody? Oh, she hated, B. Arthur hated Betty White. 
Wow. Yeah. We so gotta go like, into that one. So you think it's the same? It's the same thing. I just have to say, I know, I know Sarah Jessica Parker. I think she's lovely. I think she's creative. She shares her life. Um, you know, she knew she's her and Cynthia Nixon were. Um, they met on Broadway. They were both in the original Annie. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, of course she's going to have a friendship going into this with that. Mm-hmm. I just have an... And then Kristen... Oh, I for, love her so I much. I love her too. And she's somebody that she's not trying to do anything. She just adopted two kids. She, you know, she's living her life. And for her to come out after all of it and say, you know what, this, you know, what... Kim Cattrall is doing is not right. She doesn't support what she's saying publicly. I just, I, it sounds like there's a common denominator with all of the the women. I I have a hard time believing that that many cast members is is gonna not like one person for no specific reason. You know, it's just. Do you think it was always like this? Like while they were shooting in the late '90s, early 2000s, do you think they were ever friends? I intuitively get a feeling that Kim Cattrall has, um, that there's, there's some ego issues happening. Yeah. And that she, she likes being the star. That she's a Leo. Yeah. That's literally what I was talking about later. Yeah. And I think that, that what happened is, I I really think that she thought that this was going to be a role that, you, you know, was going to be as big as Sarah Jessica Parker's role, even though she was, she was part of the cast. I, um, yeah, I don't think that she's good at sharing the spotlight. Even her her tweet replies. Some I think Perez Hilton just tweeted her out and was like, uh, Samantha Jones, rest in peace, Samantha Jones. And she was like, Well, you're you're two years too late, but you can you know see the rebirth of her character on this new show. And it was just Ugh. it was really it just a, a a very bitchy egotistical response. Yeah. You know, like. I guess like, it's there not was no surprising. tie to the character at all. It was like, you know. And whatever your experience is in, in acting with a group of people, I think that, that there are millions of people that love the show and the character. So she could have done her character justice. Instead, it, it was like she threw it all away for for her beef with Sarah Jessica Parker. Well, I, I will just say it. I don't think we needed a third movie. I love the first movie. Number two was I was just like, no more. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I don't ever want to go to Abu Dhabi either. I just I have no interest. Abu Dhabi. I think it, they like dumped it in like Monaco or something. Yes, but they called it Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Yes, I remember. Well, I've watched, so how many seasons are there? Well, so there was six seasons of the show, six but seasons, they yeah. had two movies. No, I know. Yeah, totally. I mean, I think I watched the first five. Seasons, yeah. Yeah, and they were so incredible, and I just like still to this day I I think about them all the time. We should like, watch this. I refer that refer, refer to them for still style yeah. and and hair inspo because it it is timeless and um the the designer for the show is she's iconic. It I, I love I love it. Yeah, and I mean actually oh, oddly yeah. enough I'm remembering this now. I have next to my bed this like collector Sex in the City book. And it's just because I had that, and then Kyle right now has my Us Weekly um, best, like, coolest photos of all time. And they're, like, those two books I've had since I was probably 13 years old. And um, I just love Sex and the City, and it's sad to kind of see this fantasy blow up And because re- I rewatch it all the time, really. Like, once a year, I, I rewatch a season. Uh, that's the thing. You, you're you not seeing Sarah Jessica Parker. No. Seeing- 
you know, all of this this hateful stuff about mm-hmm. Kim Cattrall, it really is just when she's confronted with it, it's like, yeah, I reached out like any person would do, and and it's it's water under the bridge. She's off to the next thing. She's having, you know, a, a, that's what's interesting. Yeah. To sit back and look at it. Well, Kyle, what are all of their signs? Like, how do they lay with each other? Yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is definitely an interesting story. Uh, so let's dive I right love in. sex. I'm glad you're talking about this. I love this show. I me too. I'm just like yeah. yeah. When you did this one today or sent it to me, I was like hell yeah. <laughs> like. Some of those moments. Anyway, so Sarah Jessica Parker is an Aries, fiery, strong-willed, dominant. Aries is a leader, so she was a leader of the show and eventually even became an executive producer. Those are leader, very specific Aries leader qualities. She wanted her stamp on the franchise and wanted it clearly known that she was the powerhouse, not only in front of, but also behind the camera with that. Sarah is ruled by Mars, the warrior planet in the assertive force. Now, that doesn't make someone a bad person. It just shows that, you know, they're very aggressive or assertive, or, you know, and those, again, don't have to be negative qualities. Uh, Kim Cattrall is a Leo. Leo are prideful, also fiery, and also dominant, but extremely stubborn in a way that Aries de- is definitely doesn't need to be. So would you say that they're maybe two of the worst signs for each other? No, because I actually go into this. So yeah, anyways, let me let me jump let me jump into that in a bit. So this doesn't make make him or any Leo a bad person again, because they radiate naturally and have tremendous gifts of a performance, creativity, magnetism, beauty. Kim is on the opposite end, is ruled by the sun, the center of our solar system. Because of this, most Leos demand attention, and if they do not get it or are the shining star, they will feel defeated and become resentful. So that's literally what you were saying. I was like, I looked at the charts and I was like, hell yeah, that makes complete sense. So then, you know, clearly as we can see, the makeup of their feud is in their sign. On one hand, the two fire signs of Aries and Leo, as you were hinting at, can be incredible together. Passionate, powerful, dynamic. You know, as many people have said, you know, Sarah and Kim were the favorites of the entire Sex and the City empire. But when grudges happen, Aries, uh, Aries, so Sarah can let it go. She's a cardinal sign. She'll move on. Whereas uh, Kim, a Leo, is a sixth sign. She will hold on to that shit forever. So that's where it really comes from. Uh, jumping to the other characters, Kristen Davis is a sweet and sensitive Pisces, which is so funny because that is exactly how her character totally comes off in this show. Oh, yeah. Like, totally. And I was like, oh, my God, I love it. Charmant. Uh, Cynthia Nixon is also an Aries. But the thing about Aries, you know, as I've been mentioning before, is that whether or not they are the leader, they want to be in cahoots with the ones who are. So when Kim alleged, alleged that there was a mean girl squad, of course, this does make complete and total sense from her point of view. There was, you know, Sarah was the fiery Aries leader, Kristen was the excitable Pisces, and uh, Cynthia was a passionate Aries, and they all wanted to follow the path forward, because that was, that was their goal, that was their conquest. They were on the show, you know, and Sarah is the star. <laughs> you know, who else is in the, the intro? No one. Yeah. You know, so of course, you know, that is the key there. And, and she's the executive producer later on. Uh, there was no eclipsing out of that, and so, of course, you know, they wanted to stay on a good side with her. You know, Kim, however, did not give a single shit because she knew her, her own star power and didn't want or need to, to bow to anyone, and this ultimately drove them apart, and Kim felt rejected, disrespected, and resentful, and 
unfortunately, it truly does look like this feud will never go away. Like, that's just, it's done. Yeah, and one of the reasons I brought it up this week is because someone on a red carpet recently saw Kim and, you know, asked again about the third movie, and she once again, like, brought it all back up again. So it's like a trending story again. I, I, it's Mercury Retrograde. Well, it also, you know, you see this in Hollywood, too. She's she's coming out with a show or whatever on, she plugged it on. <laughs> yeah. Was, I think, like, Showtime or whatever. Or Fox. It's on Fox. Oh, that's um, not going to work. But she was like... Sorry. <laughs> she, she was like, I, I think that this is part of a story that will keep her relevant. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and it's the only, like, right now it's the only story that anybody could ask her about. What else is going on? Yeah, you know? exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, well it's, I, I do have such a warm place in my heart knowing these characters, you know, and really, like, going through that that process of, you know, I don't know, laughing and crying and falling in love with their characters and stuff. And I would love to meet them, and I hope that they just don't ever step in the same room. Yes. Yeah. You know? I, I, I guess I can, I can love them both for their different sides. I'm a Taurus, and they would both mm-hmm. love me. I'm good at com- sure. compartmentalizing <laughs> their <laughs> personalities and their characters. So right. I, I, you know, I can still love Samantha. Um, I, she's definitely not a person that I think I would want to sit down and hang out to at a party. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of you compartmentalizing, (laughs) that, uh, probably has something to do with who you are, what your sign is, all of that. So this is the point in our show where we're going to dive into you, Brandon, and see like what's going on here. All right. So you're like Kyle's a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing today? (laughs) Uh, so you're a Cancer Sun mm-hmm. with a Gemini rising. Mm-hmm. Did you know that? Yes. Okay, good. So some major things to note for you is that you are having some major destined moments taking hold this year. They actually started last year in July because you had an eclipse in Cancer in your sign. When we have an eclipse in our sun sign, it puts us front and center and redirects our path. Sometimes we may feel like some big dream, hope, or goal is suddenly closer than ever before or we are having something removed from our life that isn't bringing us fulfillment or happiness. The universe ultimately wants you to be happy, prosperous, and healthy. Thank you, universe. (laughs) (laughs) So eclipses are the most dramatic and powerful lightning bolts that the stars can affect our lives with. You had another eclipse in your sign earlier this month, opening another big door for you, so that was on the 2nd. And you will have two more eclipses in Cancer next year, early January, and again in June 2020. So you're going to see big, exciting, and profound doors just blasting open. So get ready to see this, like, momentum is just going to speed up. These, these years are going to be like, holy shit, like, oh my god, everything is happening right now. Like, it's going to be so fast. And I think the... Bring it on. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, and the thing that's cool, too, is I, I looked even further into your chart. And so, uh, and I don't have the dates for it. But after you're done with these eclipses, they go into your ascendant. And so your, your Gemini rising is being hit by them next as well. Oh, so you're having a lot, basically starting, starting last year, for like the next like five years roughly, you are having an immense amount of learning and exciting things happening in relation to how you stand apart and stand center stage in the world. Finally. But then also... <laughs> Also, how you are stronger together in a partnership. Oh, yeah. So yeah, so so I'll give even some more into that too. So let's see. Oh yeah, because of all these eclipses, my my honest assessment for you is that 
you really need to journal and meditate on what is going to be that you want. Because now that you're in this very powerful zone for the next couple of years, you actually can materialize and manifest your desires like that much more quickly. I always have to remind myself, I forget to ask. Or like just exactly. say what I want. I'm like, okay, I want this. Exactly. So, yeah. and that's the thing is, it's like you're gonna feel like practically just magical over, and it's probably already begun over the last you've been seeing, you know, with the the movements of Jupiter, which which I'll kind of touch on too. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's just gonna be these things that you're just like, finally, it's here. Mm-hmm. Finally, it's here. I'm doing this now, and I'm doing this now. And yes, they're all coming true. And it's like hell, yeah, because the power is in your ascendant and in your sun sign. Like, it's you. I love that. Yeah. 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 And it's like, not a lot of people have that. That's going to happen to me in like, because I'm a Taurus rising with, or no, I'm a Taurus sun with an Aries rising, and so that they're back to back, just like Cancer and and Gemini are for you. I don't know the dates, but it'll be roughly a a few crazy years, and I'll be like, I mean, whatever, I'm already taking over the world, so it's fine. Well, it, it seems like before this have been the most, and I don't want to say difficult or trying, but so much effort. Like, they've been, it's taken a lot of effort the last few years. Well, I'm going to tell you why. All right, so then we did talk about your eclipse in the partnership and marriage zone. So, yeah, so these are going to be important alliances that began or ended, uh, or you're taking them to the next level. For instance, in a happy existing partnership, you can be discussing plans to have a baby, buy a home together, take trips together, start a business together. And that's why this yeah. is, that's all happening because of this. Uh, it also could be with things like signing with a new agent or a new manager or like changing your rates and things like that mm-hmm. in that kind of partnership. So that's another way of looking at it. Uh, right now, you have the planet of Jupiter ruling blessings and miracles in your sector of employment and work. So you're likely seeing some major great blessings in these areas like right now. However, starting in October of this year, it enters your house of partnership and marriage until about December of 2020. It's longer than some people's because of the way that your chart is. So that's really bad. Uh, yeah. So this means your committed relationships are going to flourish, grow, and become even more fruitful. And your partners will likely be bringing you more money and love and happiness. So it's like, hell yeah, you know. Bring it on. However, the reason you've been probably having some very difficult moments with probably over the last couple of years with seeing like either opposition to your goals or feeling like some partners before either were ending or, you know, they just weren't working out for you. So Jupiter entered, or not Jupiter, Saturn is the planet of hardship and obstacles. It was directly opposing your ascendant, which is your identity ultimately. And that was roughly from about 2014-ish, maybe 2015. Mm -hmm. And it's still going on. And it's going to, it's, yeah, it's not going to stop until 2020. But you're so close to the end of it that you're, like, you're forming incredible partnerships that are long-lasting, that are going to last for 30 years at least, you know, like, major big goals that you're finally achieving. It's, you have to go through this period of opposition with Saturn, Mm -hmm. because it takes Saturn 30 years to go around the sun. But when you, you know, face it, it's just like the shit that is weak breaks and shatters. And well, and it's funny because just last, I would say six months, six to nine months, I'm like, the mo- using the word momentum mm-hmm. has just been building to the point where, I, honestly, just the last couple weeks, things are just now just, uh, they're, they're rolling on themselves. But that's the eclipse. 
that's a different okay. transit of things. Right. So that's why, like, for instance, like, yeah. the more we become friends and we talk, like, I mean, I'm here so I can answer this question for you because you'd be like, what the hell? I'll be like, calling you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, like, how many yeah. texts and calls do you get from people you've met? It's like, WTF uh, is going on today, Kyle. I mean, a lot, but I love it because <laughs> yeah. it's really, like, I, it's so cool because I actually, I learn about even more about astrology by analyzing your chart and like even looking at you and Craig. And, oh, this is the thing that I was saying before. So uh, I, I'll save that for the end. So I'm going to pick up some days for you that are important. So the big moment for your career of the year here is October 13th. So plan like a major publicity thing, um, anything that's going to get you more fame, more power, more success. It's that specific date or that time? Like around then. Usually a full moon casts its light. I always use this image. So imagine that you're standing on a stage. Yeah. And there's one spotlight that's in the center. Mm-hmm. And, but it's very hard. So it's not, like, nothing yeah. else is seen. So, you know, every, you know, you have 12 different, sometimes 13 spotlights in your year in a different area of your life. Yeah. So you're, you, you are marching between them. Well, right now, up till now, you're marching to that career momentum. So you're building, you're still, like, growing mm-hmm. for it. Well... You know, roughly, I'm going to say probably about like three to four days before, you're going to really be seeing it ramp up. And then you stand in the center of that week and you're just like, hell yes, like I am here world and this is what I command. And then you, it fades. Okay. Until the next time. Until the next time. Yeah. Is that crazy? Do you like, I love that analogy. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I love the visual. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and everyone, also, don't forget, if you want your own reading, please go to kyleastrology.com. Kyle Thomas, Thomas Astrology. Astrology. Yeah, I mean, I, I do... now. I'm serious. Yeah, I do all sorts of different readings. I do it in people's charts. I go into important key dates. I, you know, I, I think that astrology is predictive, but it's also productive. And the, the next one here I'm going to tell you is it's a new moon. So this is where... The, 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 the analogy that I use for this is imagine that you are planting a garden of your life. And you have different plots of land that are going to be good for different kinds of seeds. So let's say it's time to plant strawberries, which is your love life. So your love life, this is going to determine your entire love life for all of 2020. Mm-hmm. You have to lay that, that doorway opens on October 27th and the 10 days that follow. So, you know, yes, something naturally is going to be like you're going to be feeling more romantic and you're going to be wanting to do cute things and that's great. This is also real children and creativity as well. So all of those sectors. So, you know, when you are, you know, telling the universe, like, I want love, like, you don't want a little bit of love, get all of it. So use that window in time and that's why, like, I literally use astrology as a strategy. I know when I'm going to get certain things so then I don't waste my time when it, yeah, you know, like, that's why, like, I'm so excited for the coming couple, two months, because I'm like, oh my god, I'm so excited to fall in love again, and, like, it's been so effing long, I can't, like, it's been too long, and there's no Mercury retrograde, so then no more accidents, okay, all right, yeah, anyways, uh, but yeah, for you, it's, uh, October 27th, and 10 days after that, then, to finish the compatibility here for you, is that, so, you are a Gemini rising and a Cancer. He is a Sagittarius rising and an Aquarius. So blatantly, usually, you would look at Aquarius and and Cancer and think that they have very different modes of thought. But that is half of your chart. So you you would literally read Gemini and Cancer for the rest of your life for everything. He reads Sagittarius and Aquarius. Well, 
Sagittarius and uh, Gemini are completely six months apart, which means that you both rule partnership and marriage for each other. Aww. Like, literally, it's like a yeah. really divine connection like that. How beautiful. Yeah, so I'm just, like, so excited for you, because I'm just, like, I'm always, like, I'm on, like, on my hunt for, like, my Libra rising, and then hopefully he's, like, I don't know, he can be anything else. Isn't that me? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's probably partner, too. Yeah, But sorry. I love you, but I'm I, not I don't do it yeah. for him that way. I'll never forget the day he's, like, I love you, Sam Davidson. You are one of my soulmates, but not in that way. And I was, like, no, I, mean, I know. No, I mean, you're one of my soulmates, but I'm <laughs> never going to have sex with you. Well, speaking <laughs> of sex. I love you. Uh, you're gorgeous. And by the way, she's super, super gorgeous. All of you straight men out there. Go to Comic-Con and don't yes. mask. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Wear your best face to Comic-Con, guys. Um, okay, well, yeah, speaking of sex, we're going to quickly play our game of Bang, Mary Hill Cancer Season. Yes. All right, so I have three men. Kevin Bacon, John Cusack, and Josh Hartnett. It's hard. It's really hard. I always need to look at recent photos of these hoes. Yeah. I'll, I'll go first. Um, oh, Josh, Josh Hartnett. Hartnett. Oh, that's like my childhood. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'll go because I have had fantasies of banging him since I was a teenager. So I'm going to bang Josh Hartnett. I'm going to marry John Cusack because I just think he seems like he'd be a great husband. And I love Kevin Bacon, too, and I'm really sad to do this, um, but I'm, I'm going to have to kill him. That's that's mine. Mm-hmm. Josh is pretty dang cute. How did you not know who he was? He's so yeah. he's so hot. No, I remember him. It's just it's not Pearl Harbor. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just didn't know if he what he looked like now. He's still he's <laughs> been pretty dreadful on Showtime for the, those few years. So yeah. Well, what about yeah. you? I would definitely bang Josh. <laughs> um, who wouldn't? You know, I think I'm gonna I, I'm gonna go with you because you know I'm I would kill. Kevin and marry John because then Joan would be my sister-in-law. Hell and I yeah. Love her. <laughs> so, Me too. Yeah, you know. Say anything, yeah. high fidelity. Oh God, I just could marry him. Yeah. What about you, pal? Alrighty. Uh, I feel like isn't there that thing that's like the this the level of bacon seven and everyone's like related or yeah. Yeah. somebody in Hollywood? Yeah. Is it? Well, it's seven degrees of separation. Of Kevin bacon. Oh, yep, Kevin Bacon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Six degrees of six degrees, yeah, something like that. So everybody you can trace, we can trace everybody back to Kevin Bacon. Yes, because they've been they've been in a movie with him or they no, they just know him some way, yeah. And his his wife is uh, Kira Cedric, also a very famous actress. So come on, make some decisions here. All right, Uh, I'm going to marry Josh Hartnett. I'll be so jealous. I'll have an affair with him. I'm sorry. I mean, whatever. He's straight. You can have him. And I guess I will... I'm going to get rid of John Cusack. Sorry. And then I think just to, like, be a part of the Hollywood elite, I guess Mm -hmm. I just got to bang Kevin Bacon, you know? I'm a romantic, so I'm not banging anybody. Bang the bacon. Yeah. Bang the bacon. (laughs) I mean, you know... I hope it's not too salty of this Who doesn't love bacon? Anyway, um, guys, we appreciate you tuning in so much for this week's episode of Astro Kiki. Thank you so much for joining Thank us, Brandon. You. I love it. 
Where can everyone follow you, find you, keep up with what's going on with you? At Brandon Liberati on all platforms and brandonliberati.com. Awesome. And you guys can find me, Sam Davidson, at SamD43 on Twitter and Instagram. And for the 10th million time, I am going to Comic-Con this week. So if you want to follow me in my adventures, please do that because I think it'll be fun and crazy. Kyle? Mm -hmm. And I'm Kyle Thomas, pop culture astrologer. And you can follow me on Facebook at Kyle Thomas. I'm probably just wearing something that's like trying to make me look hot. And then... Uh, I'm such a thought. <laughs> I'm such a thought, yeah. Whatever. And uh, Instagram, uh, Mr. Kyle Thomas, M-R-K-Y-L-E-T-H-O-M-A-S. We'll see you next week, everyone. Thank Bye. You. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Astro Kiki Radio on the Left of Straight Radio Network. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at Astro Kiki Radio, and you can also check us out on iTunes and Stitcher. Make sure to join us next week, and don't forget, we are the only E-News of Astrology.